testing testing one two three hello hello and welcome hey everyone hey everyone how's everyone doing welcome to the movie bugle podcast my name is justin and i am the host of this channel i just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in you could be doing a lot of other things right now and you decided to turn on the movie bugle and listen to me talk about movies so (laughs) thank you for joining thank you for joining um today on this particular episode this is a fun one this is one i've actually based my relaunch around i'm really excited to talk to you guys or talk with you guys about this and i actually have a special guest that's going to be joining me in just a moment but uh, before we get to that i just wanted to say thank you again uh, for tuning in if this is your first time listening welcome um, you can find me online on Instagram uh, at the movie Boogle. Um, I do also have a Patreon account, uh, patreon.com uh, forward slash the movie Bugle. Pretty much on there, um, whenever I post a new podcast or if I have anything to share with you guys, I will be posting directly through there. Um, a cool thing that Patreon does, it does email my subscribers um, anytime I'm going live, anytime I'm posting anything. Um, so you guys can always stay up to date with all of my content on there. Um, it is $2 a join. It's a monthly subscription. Um, it just helps support the channel. Um, but you will still have access to the podcast for free if you wanted to t- uh, check it out. I'm not making anything seclusive right now, but just wanted to get that going over there. But if you want to support, if you want to show your support, uh, like I said, uh, patreon.com uh, slash the, the movie bugle. On this particular episode, um, I want to talk to you guys about the show WandaVision. Now, this is going to be a spoiler field episode. Uh, like I said, I do have a special guest that's going to be joining me in just a moment. But I wanted to talk to you guys about this overall show, overall series, just because a lot happened in this show and um, I love Marvel and this is what we do on this particular uh, podcast. So before I bring my special guest on and before we get to the spoiler part, in case you do not know what WandaVision is, I'm just going to read you the overall synopsis of the show. Uh, WandaVision does uh, a premiere on Disney Plus, which is, you know, a streaming platform everyone should know about. Um, It reads Marvel Studios presents WandaVision, a blend of classic television in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in which Juana Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen, and Vision, played by Paul Bettany, two superpower beings living idealized suburban lives, begin to suspect that everything is not what it seems. So, if you have been living under a bubble, WandaVision has just ran its course. Um, when I'm recording this podcast episode, it is on the day of the finale. Um, I wanted to do it today because everything is fresh in my brain uh, with everything. And usually each week I, um, when they premiere another episode, I go back and rewatch the episodes leading up to that point just so I can have everything fresh in my head. Um, so like I said, this is going to be a spoiler talk. So if you haven't watched it, now would be a good time to pause this podcast. Go take a few hours and watch WandaVision. You can watch the entire thing right now on Disney+. Plus. And when you are finished, come back over and join the conversation. Okay, so as I told you all before, I do have a special guest on this episode with me. Um, this is a good friend of mine. We actually used to work at Disney World, sorry, Disneyland. Well, we took Disney World calls too, but uh, my very good friend, an up and coming 
uh, actor in the greater Los Angeles area, my friend Oscar Rivera. What's up, Oscar? Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Like, you know, we, a little bit about Oscar, I'll, I'll let him tell you about himself as well, but we used to sit at work and just talk about Marvel stuff all day, Disney stuff. So when I was going to restart this podcast, I was like, you know what? Who do I need to bring on here? And Oscar, you were like one of the first people that came to mind. So thank you for doing this, man. Happy to, happy to. I mean, it was awesome because we were technically talking work related so it was like right we're exactly. still in work conversation exactly we was you know we can't get in trouble for talking about work stuff so um before we get into it tell us a little bit about yourself oscar where you're from um your love for movies and all that good stuff yeah so i am from vallejo in the bay area vallejo california and i've always loved movies and tv shows ever since i was young um i knew i wanted to be in that field as like a career uh, ever since watching Rush Hour 2. Um, <laughs> that, it's, like, no, specifically, that was it. And the reason why it was that, because I was I watched that with the family, and the family was enjoying the movie, you know, was laughing, enjoying all the action. And I just remember that moment of reflection. I was like, I want to do something like this, where people are enjoying what I'm doing. Um, and so that kind of set that motion of, like, I do want to do entertainment and didn't immediately make the move, you know. I didn't leave the Bay Area until I graduated uh, college. Right. So then 2016 was when I when I made the move, and I try to make it work. Adult life, you know, things come at you, and you gotta adjust, you know. So I ended up working for Disney, uh, and then still working for Disney, but hoping one day I can make it in. Uh, you know, it's all about keeping and going, keep trying, don't give up, and. I haven't. I still haven't. I'm still like one day. You know, timing is everything, man. Like I, I told you this before, but um, I started Disney back in 2011 um, in Disney World in Orlando, and um, I was working inside one of the resorts. Uh, left it for like a year and a half. Came back in 2014. Had the opportunity to move from Orlando to California. Was still with Disney for just under five years at that point. So. Still have very good fond memories of Disney. Still love it. Still have very good friends from them. Um, and I think it was a it was during those years that Disney bought Marvel and yeah. um, put out there. I think the first movie that was underneath the Marvel Disney umbrella, I want to say, was the first Avengers movie that they so. actually re like they released completely under Marvel. I think some of the other movies, like I know Iron Man was Paramount. Um, I don't know if Thor and Captain America, the first one they, was was they Paramount. Paramount. They were Paramount. Yeah. Okay, maybe the Hulk was Universal because I know Hulk is right. a Universal property. But um, I remember watching that movie and being like, "Oh wow!" Like superhero movies up until this point, like you had, I think the Dark Knight was like the biggest thing. The Dark Knight trilogy um, yes. was the biggest thing around that time. I know that's one of your favorites. Um, and then I want to say also around that time, we had the amazing Spider-Man stories as well with Andrew Garfield. Um, so it was just very interesting to see like the, the, I, I want to say history, but like the roadmap that like superhero movies took since like, you know, early nineties up until this point. Um, so then I want to say Age of Ultron came out in what, 2015, Yes. That's when we first meet, you know, Wanda and also Vision. They were both brought to us in that movie. And over the course of a couple of movies, you had, you know, Captain America Civil War. They were both in that movie. 
um, of course, Infinity War and then Endgame. They were both in that movie. And now we are at 2021 WandaVision kicking kickstarting phase four. So I kind of want to, you know, break this up as far as like just talking about our overall impressions of the entire season or series as a whole. We don't know if they're going to do a season two before we start getting to like the meat and vegetables of this breakdown. <laughs> um, I did already tell our, our listeners that this is a spoiler. So feel free to talk uh, freely about it because um, I do want to get into some of the themes and some of the things that they, they gave us. So since you're the guest, I will let you go first. Um, what did you think about WandaVision um, as a season as a whole and kickstarting phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? It's a small part in the grand scheme of the MCU. Uh, so it's like, you have to see it as that. And then, but you also want to treat it as its own thing. And so on its own, as if you're just saying, just WandaVision as a show, who cares about what came before, what comes after. I think it was fantastic. It was a great character arc uh, for her to go from losing, you know, the last person she loved to, in some sense, losing them again. But yeah, she's able to now cope with it a little bit better and kind of understand where she's at. Um, I think, yeah, I think it did a great job at paying homage to the sitcom shows. Um, I, I love watching sitcoms, so it was fun to kind of see superhero style in that. I think all the theme songs were great. So it did like, a, it's, it did its job successfully at that concept of we're going to do a sitcom, but at the same time, we're going to slowly intertwine it with the greater, you know, mystery about what's going on. I thought it was all fantastic. Uh, I, I hope Elizabeth Olsen gets a nomination for an Emmy because that performance, she really did an amazing job doing those sitcom, you know, character traits. And in addition to like all the emotional stuff, the baggage she has or her character has. So I think it was fantastic. In terms of the greater MCU placement, it doesn't sit up there because it still gives you, it leaves you questions than answers. And I know a lot of people online you know, had fan theories every week. It was this character is Mephisto. No, just kidding. That character is Mephisto. Um, so they like the expectation was we're going to get all these great reveals. Right. Um, and that never happened. So it was like, you probably can't be like the MCU. Oh, the WandaVision in the MCU is up there with Civil War. You know, that really set the tone and put the story forward of what they're trying to do. So on its own, amazing in the MCU. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, so I was actually thinking, like, what is my initial reaction coming out of it? It's like, I think more specifically the final episode, which when we're recording this, the final episode premiered today on Disney+. Plus. So I think for me, I I loved it. Like, I, I love the show. I feel like the show is solid. I feel like the final episode, as far as an episode, was solid. Um, yes. I do believe... And this is one of the questions that I wanted to ask you um, is I believe that this type of storytelling for the MCU, I wonder if it's going to work. So up until this point, as you know, we've had 23 movies all the way from Iron Man 1 to um, Spider-Man Far From Home, right? And then because of coronavirus, we've been on a break from movie, from MCU movies for the past year and a half. We're supposed to kick start like kick things off with um, I want to say uh, Black Widow back in last May of 2020, 
but everything's been pushed back and everything's been pushed back. And even with this WandaVision show, originally this was supposed to come out right before the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness movie, which was supposed to come out this summer. So I think WandaVision originally was going to come out around March, April-ish, and then maybe have a few weeks, and then Doctor Strange was supposed to kick off summer 2021. So it's interesting that, you know, they, they turn things around because now the slate is, I think Doctor Strange is supposed to come out summer 2022, and this is the first thing that we have coming out. And when you watch a movie like, let's say, like, Avengers Infinity War, it's two and a half hours, you know, the storytelling from beginning to the end. Yes, that particular movie was a part of a greater story, but we also had enough story in that one movie to contain itself. With this particular storytelling, it's going to be interesting to see how it works. And I was actually having a conversation with a coworker today where I was saying, if you binge watch this show, you're going to get a different experience from, from us who watched it week to week. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like every single week after the premiere, there was a thousand theories. Oh, what yes. could happen? Like, you know, we're expecting this. And what does this mean? What does this mean? What's going on here? And I think that this show set up like a mystery for us. Like it was, you know, they planted seeds in their own purpose just so we can have those types of conversations. And I think that within itself is great. But the downside to that for me is we're left with so many uh, unanswered questions or answers that didn't meet our expectation. Like one just thinking off the back was Ralph. You know, uh, uh, Agnes, you know, before her big reveal, kept mentioning the the word Ralph. And I thought maybe Ralph is her husband, maybe Ralph is, could be Mephisto. Like, you know, if you know who Mephisto is from the comics, you know, he's like a demon, like, well, he's essentially like- Like Satan. He's like Satan. Um, so he collects souls. So this House of M storyline that they sort of told through WandaVision and then seeing like Agatha Harkness, you know, we're thinking maybe Mephisto may show up. So with Ralph just being some other person that, you know, just was mind controlled by Agnes, it was sort of like, wait, that was it. Like y'all build it up for just for that. You know what I mean? So for me, it's just kind of like, I agree with you. I do love it. I think that you know, as a standalone project, it's great, you know, great concept. I agree with you, um, Elizabeth Olsen deserves an Emmy. Um, I believe actually a few people from the show deserve an Emmy because to be able to perform different types of sitcoms week to week, you know, even like how they did it, like in front of a live studio audience, you know, all that good stuff to change the style, to change, you know, the emotion from week to week. I believe the acting was there. They did what they need to do, but I'm left with a lot of questions and I don't know if that was their original intention from the show. Which I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I don't know if the, the specific showrunners of the show were tasked with planting seeds for, you know, a lot of things. I think they were just tasked with, you know, we want some depth on Wanda, on Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I'm assuming the showrunners are aware of the MCU and know what's going on. So they probably know what has happened and how they can take it from there and kind of really do a deep dive on the character. Right. 
that's what I feel like they were tasked with. I don't think, and Kevin Feige is a, is a executive producer. So he doesn't have like direct involvement day to day of like how everything's going together. He kind of just oversees how's everything going. Are you guys having, you know, any issues with, you know, I thought he's the, I thought he's the, was he the executive producer on this? I thought he's always been like just a sole producer of everything. For the movies, but for oh. the shows on the credits, he's listed as executive, executive. producer. Interesting. Okay. So that's why I'm like, I don't think the showrunners were tasked with like setting up the stage for the next next big story in the MCU. I mean, I think it was just more of like, we're focused on doing a in-depth look at this character and we're playing fun with this concept. So I think, I think it's just, I think it's just us, the fans that we, we know that there's so much to pull from that we kind of are like, they're going to do this, right? They're going to introduce this character, right? It only makes sense if they do this now, right? So it's kind right. of like, that's how it was. It was always those questions that we would ask. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this sets up like, an expectation now for, for fans to go into Falcon and Winter Soldier and be like, well, I'm not going to expect anything because I might not get it. And that right. might be the case as well. I, so I definitely feel like I, I agree with you. I think that with WandaVision, it was set up as a mystery from the very beginning. You know, like yes. they had those first three episodes where it was, there was no MCU explanation. It was just you're in the sitcom. And I think that I remember the press, you know, we fought, we both follow a lot of like media press, like through social media and stuff. Yeah. They got the first three episodes as far as the press screening. We only got the first two episodes when it launched. So, and I think they did it on purpose because had they just released episode one by itself, it would have lost a lot of people. There's a lot of people I've talked to who I've had to say, no, go back and watch WandaVision and keep going. Like after episode four or five had already like aired because they tried it with episode one and it was like I, 10 minutes into it. It was too slow. I don't understand what's going on. I thought it was dumb. And I was like, yeah. well, you know, just go back and keep watching. And now like I actually have a greater appreciation for the first three episodes now knowing the behind the scenes stuff with the actual story because now I'm picking up on other stuff in there. I'm like, oh, okay, I can see her doing this and Agnes was doing this over here and, you know, Vision was acting like this and you know Geraldine showed up this way so I'm looking at it differently now because now I'm like okay I know the story but they planted stuff in there like one of my questions I was going to ask you is like why was Evan Peters cast as to replace Quicksilver was it to tell the audience like us that he was Quicksilver and and further the plot or was it just a red herring so like in the sense like if we know Evan Peters played Quicksilver in a different movie so to us he shows up and you have that surprise you're like oh, is he quicksilver you know what i mean if they just casted like a regular like a random person to play quicksilver you know what i mean like it would still have the same plot as far as story but it wouldn't have the same effect as far as like the audience and it's like or was it a red herring because immediately as soon as they casted him and we saw him oh is the x-men tied into this what's gonna happen multiverse like what's going on so i think that was that's part of the issue that i think wandavision set up for itself because they did that but they gave those questions to us but then didn't really like deliver it that and also in fairness to us the fans <laughs> but you have Kevin Feige giving you the outlook of what's happening in the next two to three years at that investor presentation. And he says like WandaVision ties into Spider-Man 3 and ties into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So you hear that. And so then you start putting those pieces of like Evan Peters was Quicksilver and then he's brought on WandaVision. What if he's playing Quicksilver from that version? Exactly. So it's like we, we kind of jumped to conclusions. Yes, we did. Uh, so it's it's 
I hope it's not the end of it. That's I think that's the part where it's like maybe it's not over. Maybe he still will play Quicksilver. I don't know. It's kind of tough because they they definitely took it off by saying like, oh yeah, this is what was his name, Ralph Boner or something. Yeah, like that? Ralph Boner. Um, which I saw a lot of people making fun of the last name, and I was like, I guess mm. they get themselves <laughs> for that. Right. So yeah, I guess it, maybe it is the end. I would I was I would say like that definitely concludes maybe the x-men cast that we know will not appear in the mcu and it's going to be a whole new cast but yeah i i, I want to say maybe there's a still slight possibility because if because the multiverse didn't open in this episode so it's not like it's open and be like oh yeah it's confirmed that's not him so it could just be like a little gotcha you think that's him right now just wait i don't know that's yeah fine. that's so that's actually another question of mine so I was like, how did this how did this show open up the multiverse? Because this is supposed to tie into Spider-Man No Way Home, which we now know that's the official title for Spider-Man 3 and Doctor Strange. I can sort of see Doctor Strange, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I feel like this has no ties into Spider-Man at all. That we know um, of. That we know of. So maybe when we see it, um, we'll be like, okay, I can see. But Kevin Feige and Marvel has been really good at setting up Easter eggs where you're like, okay, I know this goes into something else. I yeah. may not know what this goes into, but I know this goes into something else. Um, so we get that from the two end credits. So like, let's, let's talk about those for a second. So like the first one, we have Monica Rambeau goes into the theater and the scroll, like the, the the girl turns to scroll. I think that's the scroll from the little girl from uh, Captain Marvel. Did you? What should be? I didn't think that. No, I, I, I think it is scroll. like because I actually went up and looked um, at the scroll that was talking to the baby Monica Rambeau from Captain Marvel, and uh, they have the same like head shape and ears. So I think that's her. And I think that would be she, nice. I think that when she said that he wants to meet with you, um, I think she's talking about Nick Fury because yes. Nick is in space. So yeah. so we know, oh, okay, like, you know, that could be setting up whatever. So I, I get that. And then I feel like the second one where it's just Wanda by herself and we got like Wanda's version of Thanos on the, the planet by himself type thing. I took that as that's setting up for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The way she was posed and- Yeah, the way she was funny. because like, it's, you know how Doctor Strange will like, remove himself from his body he's like in that astral plane mm -hmm. like that was the same look that she has and she's reading that book so i can see how this can go into doctor strange but the multiverse of madness part like i don't understand how it connects and spider-man i don't understand how it connects at all so that's where i'm left kind of frustrated like if it's supposed to connect how like y'all didn't set this up at all i don't know if wanda's role if she, i'm assuming she's appearing in spider-man yeah if i think they role, said she's filming in it well it's, they're trying to keep it a secret but i think she is in it yeah so if she is in that she can't have much of a screen time in it because it wouldn't be a spider-man movie in that sense especially with all the rumors that you were hearing about like like all these all these actors coming back to play these characters right it's it's tough yeah it's tough to see how spider-man ties into it the only thing that i can think of is that because we hear the the twins scream out for her at the end that she becomes desperate enough that she opens the multiverse. Mm -hmm. But we don't see that in Spider-Man at all. Spider-Man is just more of like, he's doing his whatever beginning plot is, uh, maybe trying to figure out a way to 
reveal that he's not Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden these characters start appearing and we're just like, we don't know why, we don't know why. And then maybe there's a tease that it's Wanda and then that's Doctor Strange comes in and then that's when his movie deals with like, how do we close the multiverse? That's the only thing. And that's probably like a needle in the haystack of trying to <laughs> connect it. Trying to figure it out. But because I could see her being desperate. She's like, I want my kids, nothing's stopping me. And so she's not really thinking of consequences. So she probably does a spell that she thinks pulls her kids in, but opens the multiverse. And we indirectly see that in Spider-Man. So Spider-Man right. is probably just like, why is, who is all these people, where are they coming from? So that's, I, that's how I think it connects. I, I feel like Spider-Man 3, because it comes out before Doctor Strange 2, I feel like it has so much to do in that movie. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of scared. So, you know, before Black Panther, Spider-Man was my favorite character. Um, Spider-Man is still one of my favorite characters. I grew up reading the comics. I grew up watching like the animated series. Um, since I grew up in Orlando, I used to go ride the Spider-Man ride at, you know, Universal Islands and Adventure all the time. So that's my favorite character. So I want to see like a Spider-Man trilogy done right. And I feel like they've, they've done, you know, really good with like the first two movies in this version, right? Uh, my OG is still Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I know a lot of people have a problem with Spider-Man 3 with Venom and that's like a whole nother like topic and I I can understand, but I want to see it done right. And I think one of the biggest problems that people had with that Spider-Man 3 was there was so much going on, you know? And I think- um, It happened again with Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, it happened again with Amazing Spider-Man. So it's kind of like, we have like the MCU now, they've had movies with so much going on. Think about like uh, Captain America Civil War. That was essentially two storylines in one. You know what I mean? There was a lot of, but all the characters that were in it played, you know, to that, you know, and then Infinity War and both uh, Infinity War and Endgame, more Infinity War was one main storyline. It was just all these different characters all in that storyline. Right. Spider-Man 3 potentially now has three storylines it has to tell. It has to tell why is the all these characters showing up from different versions of the movies, right? It also has to clear Spider-Man's name because he was framed. Those are two different storylines, um, in my opinion. And then you also have to throw Wanda's mess in there as well. So it's kind of like, I feel like it would have been a little bit better if we would have seen her open up the multiverse in this movie, even if it was just an end credit scene, we see it happen. And then when all this, whatever the plot may be for that, um, because time-wise, even uh, Spider-Man Far From Home takes place after the events of WandaVision. You know, right. so apparently, you know, you know, WandaVision takes place just like a couple of weeks or so right weeks, after. I think is what they said. How many? 10 weeks? I feel like it was. No, I think it was like three. Three. Yeah. But I think yeah. it was three. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, so the Hulk snaps and brings everyone back. They have the fight against Thanos. And then three weeks later she goes is when Mana. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know. I think she gets it sooner than that. It's three weeks later, Monica comes back to S.W.O.R.D. And uh, okay. sends, sends yeah. her over to Westview. So she already tries to go get Vincent. This is already happening at this point. And I think the events of WandaVision happens over a course of like maybe like two days. Like, like I don't think it's like a week that they, they were there. I think it's like maybe two or three days. Everything has happened in that time frame. So right. that's very close. Spider-Man Far From Home took place the summer after everyone came back. So 
essentially that's already happened after that. So I'm just kind of worried, like, you know, we're going to fall into that again. Y'all have a lot to tell in one story and you still have to make it a Spider-Man story. It can't be Spider-Man and WandaVision and, you know, Doctor Strange, you know, story. It has to be a Spider-Man story in order for it to work. I think the MCU does have that trouble with timing things. Uh, I think they, they've have moments where you're just like, wait, so when did that take place? Oh, that takes place at that after that or before. And I think because of the pandemic, I mean, well, no, because Spider-Man Far From Home came out and WandaVision was still far from being released. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think I think it might be more easier for you to jump to the conclusion that Spider-Man Far From Home happens before WandaVision because of it's the order of the release. <laughs> that might be just easier to think rather than trying to solve the equation because yeah no it doesn't it doesn't make sense of when so i'm assuming because yeah it leaves a lot of questions when did how much time was it of hulk bringing everyone back with the snap and peter going to school again like how much time has passed like when exactly was that that snap and i thought for a second that when they come out that's generally the time frame of when the story is taking place but that's not the case because i think i'm like iron man 3 i think was a summer blockbuster but it was a christmas movie like it's setting christmas setting so maybe right not. yeah so I'm, yeah i'm this, assuming it, that uh far uh, spider-man far from home and then spider-man no way home which is the third one are takes back place are back to back just like you can assume that like iron man one and two even though they took you know made years apart were back to back and I think the WandaVision also, can't be three weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm, but I mean it's like they they said it. Like they said right. like like you know, everyone started to come back and then three weeks later, you know, West the uh Westview anomaly is happening. So that was three weeks definitively. So I guess the only way to make it make sense is well, the- you move everyone coming back from being snapped not in the fall but like right before summer like if it happened in like april and then three weeks later you go into may and then everyone comes back to school and it's like all right then we go to like that's the only way in my head it makes sense but in fairness in fairness the multiverse has not opened yet so everything that we saw with wandavision is fine because it's essentially she's now i guess i'm assuming she's studying in all that spider-man far from home takes place and then as no way home is happening is when wanda opens the multiverse if it, she's the one that opens it. it it could be i mean hey i like your theory of she's trying to get her kids to come back so she opens up multiverse and gets different versions and also vision too well he's there he, i mean he's like white vision now and like what the call in the comics but yeah that's actually another one of my questions where did white vision go so they were fighting in the middle of the sky you know it's like that meme of the two spider-mans pointing at each other it's like wait it your vision your vision <laughs> And then they stop to have an intellectual talk for like, you know, a few minutes. And then I try to follow, but I I was like, yeah, I was like, I think, I think I watched it the second time and I got it watching. I can't remember it right now, but I think I got it watching this because the first time I was like, wait, what the heck is going on? I don't, I don't get it. But you see him touch White Vision's head, which Mm -hmm. like brings back his memories. And then instead of, okay, I'm Vision now, instead of going trying to protect your woman, you literally just fly away and we don't see you again. So I'm just like, where did he go? I don't think that Vision is done. I definitely feel like he's coming back. Yeah. Um, But I'm like, where did he go? And how did he get in the hex? I I don't know. I don't know how he got in the hex. (laughs) But I I joked 
I, I've been joking every time that, that question comes up, but where did he go? I always say he went to go get a paint job because he was, you know, looking pale. Right, he was but, looking very pale. So that's what that's what I believe. That's my theory until they explain what he did. He just right. he wanted to go get he wanted to go get painted up. Right. So I want to talk about the show overall. Um, so starting from the beginning, we don't have to break down every little thing because you know we'll be on this podcast forever. <laughs> but basically, so the first three episodes were inside the hex we're inside of the vision we're inside of the sitcom thing and then the fourth episode is when you really start to see like the mcu aspect of it and we get the behind the scenes and i think that episode was very needed at that time because i do feel like i mentioned before the first two episodes was I didn't think it was slow, but I could understand why people thought it was kind of slow because it was black and white. It was kind of slow paced. It was very much like, you know, weird. It's like, what's going on? The third episode, you start to see a little bit more like, okay, how does she get pregnant? What's going on? And then Monica just disappears. And then at the very end of the episode, she gets thrown out the the force field. And you're like, wait, what the heck just happened? Like, what's going on? So I think that fourth episode, seeing the snap, uh, which by the way, I would love to, like a drama. Like it could be one season mm. of everyone, like, like what happened to everyone who came back? And how did that affect about, people? Are you talking like, about characters that no, we that we know, or oh, just like, like random, like a random, like yeah. random, like everyday characters? Like like a, it could be a drama, like on ABC, and, but right. because it's tied to like like you know the MCU, like you were gone, so I had to get married again. Yeah, no, it, yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, I feel like that'd be kind of dope. Or like people waking up in a bed with someone else. Like, wait, what's like what's going? On? I feel like that'd be really really cool. Yeah, I Marvel, agree. if y'all listening, make that happen. <laughs> For real. I mean, I think. I think ABC should be the one that makes that happen. Like they should, I mean, Marvel, I don't even know Marvel needs to be involved. They just, obviously if ABC does it, don't do something that freaking makes the fans upset. Like don't randomly be like, I'm Captain America's daughter or whatever. Right, don't do like dumb stuff. Just just yeah, make just it plain and it. simple. We just right. want a drama of random people who got blipped and they came back and then now they're in like these drama, you know how ABC does it, yep, you know, their exactly. dramas. And it could just be one season, but it's just a nice, you know we can bring in some more people into the mcu um I agree. but i do i do feel like episode four was needed because it it sort of showed everyone okay this is still the mcu there is something going on and it confirmed yeah. that okay this is going on and i think that's what hooked when it when did you get hooked all the way into wandavision were you hooked from the beginning did it take you a few episodes when did you actually get hooked i probably got hooked by by the fourth episode um because the first three the first two when we first saw them it was like i know this isn't it's not just going to be like each episode is you know a spinoff of a different decade with no ties to like a bigger mystery like i knew that there was always going to be and they kind of give you a little bit hints of in the first two episodes but i don't i didn't mind it i mean i i enjoy watching sitcoms so for me it was fun it was just a fun like little experiment i guess probably a safe word to, to kind of call it but yeah, once once we got out and they started introducing like the outside perspective of what's going on and they show Wanda going to get, uh, I was I think that was episode five. But when they start showing more and more, I think that's when it really starts getting hooked into like, I need to know what happens next as soon as the episode concludes. But, but I will say, I think as soon as they revealed all that in episode four, I think we needed less time still making fun of sitcoms that they did in the other episodes. Cause I feel like at that point, that's not what we want to see anymore. Like, had they had they shortened the first two episodes to be a little bit shorter and then like they show like all the decades maybe like in those first two episodes, I think that would have been like cooler. 
but as soon as we're like we know there's a bigger story i was kind of like but i loved it but give us less of that and give us more of like this bigger mystery that we want to solve like i feel like episode episode eight was i think was it episode eight with the the backstory with agatha and Mm -hmm. wanda going through yeah. backstory yeah that i feel like that should have been by episode six which means we still have three episodes left to go so i feel like we we lost a little bit of time with still trying to you know poke around of like now we're in the 70s now we're in the 80s now we're in the modern time but yeah i think i think episode four is when i was like okay this is what i signed up for let's start doing some mysteries let's start putting some some clues together because we needed that outside perspective if we would have just stayed in the hex for all these episodes, I would say maybe like all the decade sitcoms, we would we not only would have been confused, we would have lost interest. Right. So I I, I think they did it at a good time, but I think they maybe didn't need to still play with that concept. Obviously, in in the context of what they're doing, what they're trying to do, sure, like they can still play with the the theme and the the, the sitcom they're poking fun of. But I think it should have been more of like we're seeing very small glimpses of them as the show's going, versus we're starting the entire beginning as if it is, you know, the Brady Bunch and the yeah. Adam songs. I think I the I can understand what you're saying. I think just going back to what we were talking about before where the showrunners were telling a particular story. I think if we would have got more of the fan theories in there, that would have filled up a lot more of yeah. the the space that you're looking for. So if we would have got like the Agnes reveal in episode five, and then the backstory in episode six, and we still had three more episodes, what are they going to fill it with? Because that would have been like she's opening the multiverse. That's what I'm saying. We would have got we <laughs> yeah. would have got all the fan theories. She would have opened up the multiverse. It could have been like we would have seen Mephisto show up. Like I feel like the way the story that they told, I can understand why we got the for sitcom sure. aspect for was it was six episodes, but I think it ended on episode seven because episode four was the flashback episode. Um, so I can understand that. I do like the fact that we did get a lot of information even in those episodes. So like for episode sure. but episode five, um, after the like the the first flashback episode and they're doing was it the seventies? Yes, that's what the no. It was it was the eighties because it was the eighties uh, because the seventies yeah the seventies is when she was pregnant. Was the third episode? That's right. Yeah. So the fifth episode, episode yeah. was the eighties episode, and that's when the kids are growing up. But that episode, Vision is like something's not right. Something's going on. You know all Which that good exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So you start to get those things, and I think that's why, like going back to what I said before, I think people who have not watched because there's a lot of people who still have not watched this at all. They were waiting for all nine episodes and they're going to binge it. I think they're going to get a very different experience watching this as a binge than we got watching it week to week. Because every single week, you know, I'm staying up to midnight and I'm like, okay, what clues am I going to get in this episode? Okay, she did this and she said this and, oh, I see that, I see that. And then like, you're just thinking about it all week. Like, okay, I wonder what that means. I wonder what that means. But if you're binging it, you know, you can probably fly through all nine of these episodes in a matter of like four or five hours. So you're not going to have enough time to get excited and ponder for a day or two, unless you're doing that to yourself. If you're going to binge it, you're going to get to the very end fight real quick. So I think you're going to have a different perspective and a different experience from watching it. Yes. And I think it ultimately depends on what you're expecting watching it, even if Mm. it's binging it. Because if you're going in with the expectation of, oh, I'm watching this so I can understand 
the next movie or show that's coming out, you're still going to be disappointed because you'd be like, well, I don't that that I don't know what they're doing. Like I get with Wanda now she has her costume, but I don't really understand how that pushes anything forward. Right. There was no cameos. There was nothing that really set in stone like this is where the stories are going next. And with movies, you're willing to go through like, oh, here's a personal story of Spider-Man, of Captain America that they're, you know, going through. But it still, it was pushing the bigger narrative and you didn't mind it because you were just like, cool, that was a little two hours, I'm done. WandaVision, you're telling me I have to watch all these episodes and I still don't get what's coming next. I know what's coming next because it's been announced and all that stuff. Uh, so I think if you're going with that mindset of I have to watch this so I don't miss what happens in these other shows and movies, then you'll probably still be disappointed. But if you're going in with like, I just want to see a good show, that I think you will be satisfied. If you're just like, I just want to see something cool or good. I actually, I disagree with that a little bit only because I feel like for us who watched it week to week, like you said before, we gave ourselves these fan theories and these narratives and these expectations of cameos and stuff. If you're binging it, if you think about how these episodes were short, like some of them 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, you're going to get through it in a matter of maybe four hours. So you may watch it as like a four hour movie. And so you're going to go from each episode, not thinking about, I wonder who's going to show up next because you're going back to back. For me personally, I feel like the reason why I had expectations, like the one thing I wanted from this finale is I wanted vision. No, so I wanted uh, Dr. Strange to do his little sorcery magic in the middle of something and be like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause he's supposed yeah. to be the sorcerer supreme. He's supposed to, He's supposed to have, you know, uh, the conscience of reality. And this is in New Jersey, which is right next to New York where he stays. So I'm expecting him to show up at some point being like, okay, girl, like what's, what's the tea? But I think I had that expectation because I had a week to think about, okay, you know, Quicksilver just showed up, but it's Quicksilver from X-Men. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking about, so I'm putting all these expectations in my head where if I can binge it and I'm done in four hours, I'm like, all right, what's the next episode? What's the next episode? And then I'm like, oh, okay, that was cool. Like, I feel like if I would have binged this, I would have enjoyed the, like, I still enjoyed the finale, but I feel like I would have enjoyed it a little bit more because I would have not been expecting so much from all of these theories in my head that I was expecting from watching it over the last nine weeks. True. Uh, but I think for, if you're, if you're a fan of the MCU, like a fan, not just like, I enjoy it watching, you know, the next big movie that comes out. But like a fan that you rewatch them or and you talk about them, I don't think you missed WandaVision. <laughs> I don't think right. there was. Oh, of course. <laughs> but if you're, but like I'm just thinking of like people that that I know that have zero care about the MCU. They just want something good. I I, I think that that would be something where they're 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 if they're going with like I just want to watch something good, they're gonna oh, they're enjoy gonna, it. You're gonna love yeah. it. Yeah. But if you're, if if for some reason your mentality is I'm watching this because I want to make sure I'm ready to watch whatever is next. I'm assuming it's it's probably going to be closer. Well, I mean, it's not too far from Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I'm assuming it would be probably with Spider-Man that you would be like, I'm watching this just to see what happens next. Mm. You won't get any answers. You won't get any. So it, right. it, it, yeah, it really depends on what, why are you watching? Why are you watching it? WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. If you're watching it to be like, I need to know how this ties into Spider-Man before I go see Spider-Man, which probably would be, I'm assuming everyone knows at least one person that is into these like franchises that would tell mm. you, don't worry about it. You don't need to watch it. Nothing happens. I do think that, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of people who's going to watch it. And full disclaimer, like 
I enjoy WandaVision. Like I right. I love oh, it. Sure, like yeah. I don't want any of like the listeners listening to this to be <laughs> like, did y'all like it? Like, no, I, I liked it. This is us just being nerds and just nitpicking at little things. Um, but I I did fully enjoy WandaVision. So I just want to get that out of the way. But no, I, I think you're right. I think just even thinking about like when Avengers Infinity War came out, there was a lot of people like the casual moviegoers was like, all right, I really want to see it because everyone's excited about it, but do I need to go back and watch all the movies? And it's like, well, you don't really have to watch this one. You can sort of skip it. So it's like homework. So my question, another question for you is, do you think that this next phase for Marvel, now that they're doing like these TV shows and they're saying you have to watch some of these TV shows to, cause they're gonna connect. Like this connects to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. There's um, a secret invasion show that's supposed to connect to an Avengers movie. There's supposed to be um, a Captain, uh, no, Ms. Marvel is supposed to connect to Captain Marvel too. So it's one of those things where it's like, do you think that Marvel may lose some, not the hardcore fans like us, but like casual fans where it's just like, uh, like that's a lot of homework. Do I really have to watch this just so I can go watch this? You know what I mean? Like if you're like, a lot of people don't know about Ms. Marvel. So I feel like Ms. Marvel, you know, may not get the viewership up front because people don't know about that character. Whether you liked Captain Marvel or not, I feel like you're still gonna go see Captain Marvel too especially if you've seen WandaVision because Monica Rambeau is supposed to show up in that. But if right. Miss Marvel is supposed to tie into it story or character wise, you know what I mean? Do you feel like they may lose some fans as far as like, well, that's just too much homework. Like, I have to go watch this now in order for me to understand this. Well, I'm just not going to watch any of it. I, I think in the end, no, because I think the people that only want to watch what they believe is the big event will watch the big event and will not necessarily care about what they've missed. Um, I think because Infinity War and Endgame was a unique first time where, you know, we don't have a, a, a time where we've been like, you have to watch all these movies to watch this upcoming movie. I think that was kind of, it was more of like a, a trend to some, to some extent of like people that want to watch Infinity War. The challenge is, are you going to watch, can you watch all these movies before it comes out? Um, I think moving forward, people are going to be selective. I think that's going to be probably the course. You're, you're just putting too much on the plate that non, you know, fans are going to just pick and choose what they want to, what they want to watch. I think if it's, if, I think the two things that will make the MCU start to lose value or lose its shine would be one, if you start like getting too many things mixed up in each product, whether it's the show or the movies, if you start like having a lot of things that have to be explained in Spider-Man from WandaVision, Loki and all these things, I think that will turn people off because they're gonna be like, I don't get what's happening. Right. Like I can't, I can't even watch for the action because I don't know why these characters come in and why Spider-Man now is going to turn yellow or something, you know, whatever random thing that happens. Right. So I think that would lose casual fans, not just not big fans. The big ones, obviously, the big MCU fans are going to know. We're going to watch now. everything. Right. So I think that would be a part of it, and the other part would be if it's really just bad product. Like if it was just a movie that was badly directed, badly written, like you know, it just like it was garbage to some extent, mm -hmm. which the MCU varied on, you know, who you're talking to has delivered at least just consistent like quality work. Yeah. Consistent quality of, 
family entertainment. Like mm -hmm. they never, they haven't gone to any like, oh, this is for adults or, oh, this is just for little kids. They haven't gone to that with any of their movies or shows. They kind of kept it all like at the same level that you know what you're getting, which is a good thing. But if they, if they deliver one bad movie and I'm talking like Ghost Rider, the second Ghost Rider, where people are just like, yeah, that was dumb or bad effects or bad, you know, development of the of what happened. I think that will be the other thing that turns fans off and they'll be like, yeah, I don't care about that anymore. Like it it's dumb. They gotten dumb. Like that's probably gonna be the narrative of people most likely. Yeah, I don't want I used to watch MC, but then it got dumb. It got like trying to like be cool, but it wasn't anymore. Something to that extent. So I think those are the two things that will cause casual fans to no longer be interested in the MCU. Do you think uh like an oversaturated um in the, in the market of Marvel content can also cause like fans to become uninterested, like getting the superhero fatigue. Because especially like this year, like, so we just got through nine weeks of WandaVision, right? And then there's supposed to be a break, but they're doing like a behind the scenes special episode next week. And then literally right after that, we get Falcon and the Winter Soldier for the next six weeks. Right. And then literally right after that, if everything is going well, we're going to get, you know, Black Widow. And then right after that, we're getting Loki TV series. And then we're going to get What If. And then, you know, so I feel like for us casual fans, I'm excited. This is what I signed in for Disney Plus for. Right. But I feel like just having too much or it's just like it's, it's a lot, you know, do you feel like that may also cause people to just become uninterested? Um... A part of me wants to say yes, because naturally, and you, you can probably view this with any any popular thing, right? Anything mm -hmm. that was a big a big thing, you start to get overwhelmed, and you're just like, okay, that's too much. It's I, I'm clocking out. I feel like everyone has a point where they may clock out, where it's just too much. I think it for big fans that limit is probably like all the way high like you really have to throw everything all at once in each project for them to be like yeah that's too much but i think yeah i think if you start to i think if you just really start to make everything be like oh you need to watch this but you also have to go watch this and this you if you didn't explain that it's because you didn't see this and that with the shows too now you're getting episodes where you want people to to tune in so i think with movies it was easier because it was just like just watch this two hour movie, you you know, you'll find out what's going on. But if you start to say, in order for you to watch Captain Marvel 2, you have to watch Captain Marvel, WandaVision, Loki, Miss Marvel, like this expanded list, then I think that's where it's too much. Right. And on top so, of everything we got before this point, like, you know, in order for you to fully appreciate this like the love between wanda and vision the heartbreak that she's going through and i feel like wanda vision did a really good job with trying to explain their backstory like even if you don't remember you know age of ultron where they talked about how you yeah. know wanda and pietro lost their their parents they showed that scene in here so even if you didn't you know if you didn't see captain marvel you know you don't know who monica Rambeau. she said you know i'm the little girl like she said this stuff they said captain marvel so it was like oh okay so i I can see so you don't have to like like physically remember it but i do i do think that it's going to get to a point where you know 
it's going to become too much for some people. Um, the us big fans, I'm excited. Like I, I remember watching um, like the first six movies, like Iron Man, uh, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, Thor, uh, Captain uh, Captain America: First Avenger, and, and Avenger. I remember watching those and watching like, wait, that hammer was from this like what's going on like i remember them connecting the dots and then when they announced they're doing avengers i was like wait they're bringing all these movies together like because it's never been done before so right. now we're, we're used to it now we're used to okay this person may show up in this movie we're, we're used to that now so that just makes me excited but i i do think we may get to a point where it just becomes too much i do also want to jump right to a point that you said earlier where you said that disney making like family content for everyone i do feel like going forward there are going to be certain properties that are going to be for certain people like i don't think they're going to make a deadpool 3 for families that's just clearly going to be for adults but i can see how there may be a subtle plot point in there where it may yeah. like bring up something else or like blade you know, they said Blade is not going to be RR rated now, but it could, could be a strong PG-13 where it's kind of like, do you really want to take your three-year-old to go see Blade? You know what I mean? But I feel like Blade, but if Blade shows up in Avengers movie seven years from now, it's going to be kind of like, wait, where does that character come from? You know what I mean? So you, you kind of have to like see like both, but I think there may be some properties like Miss Marvel may gear towards the teenagers. You know what I mean? Just because she's a teenager herself and it may be like that, like this high school drama type thing or whatever like that. Like what was the um uh the one that was on Hulu? Uh the Runaways? Runaways. You know what I mean? Like I I I try to watch it. I really couldn't get like too much into it. I know that doesn't like tie into anything, but that is a Marvel property. So like yeah. when I think of Miss Marvel, I'm thinking that could be something like that where you know, some people are like, oh, I don't really want to watch it, you know, but because this is geared more towards a certain audience, but it does still tie in. So I hope if they do that, then maybe they just throw little things in those bigger movies that make a nudge like, okay, yeah, this is what we showed over here. So you can understand this. Does that make sense? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, for, for these, I think phases probably needs to go because if you keep saying phase five, phase 10, you're definitely starting to isolate people. Like there's going to be the new generation that comes in, you know, I was 10 when Infinity War came out or whatever. Now I'm 17 and, you know, in that kind of situation where, yeah, the older the movie is, most likely people are not going to have seen it. You know, it, I, I wish we would be able to kind of see the numbers of to this day, how many people have not seen any movies of phase one? You know, like I wish we can kind of have that kind of metric to kind of see exactly because I feel like the further we go forward, the less people are going to have seen. So I honestly think they're probably going to have to change phases and kind of, or at least put them in under like a different umbrella to be like generation one was, you know, the MCU all the way up to Endgame. Generation two is going to be all the way up to whatever movie. I think they're going to have to kind of do those kinds of further isolations. Like they're mm. going to really have to be like, this is together, but it's you don't like have a whole to watch. different era. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I think Kevin Feige did come out and say that in his mind, the phases was more like, this is what we're working on type thing. I think that was sort of like a after fact because yeah. clearly phase one was setting up the Avengers. So right. you know what I mean? Like clearly phase two was getting towards Avengers two and then clearly phase three was to wrap up the Infinity Saga. So 
I think moving forward, he's just sort of like, when we say phase four, when we say phase four, it's like, it's the next three years of properties that we're currently working on. So for like a production standpoint, we know everything that we have right now, as far as storytelling, we're going up until like this movie. And then phase five would be like that just from production. So that could be part of it, but no, I, I think you're right. Like we're gonna have to get to some type of point where they don't have to reboot it, but it's gonna have to be like, oh, we're 30 movies in or we're 35 movies in, but if you didn't see Iron Man 1, you're not gonna get it. Cause it's gonna be kind of like, all right, like this is way too much. Like I really can't take off a month to watch a hundred movies at this point. So yeah. I, I I can definitely see that. And you see, the tricky thing too is when you have to start including the Avengers, the original Avengers and all that, whether it's the actor is just, you know, too old to play that character or, or like you're in the situation where Steve Rogers is old and so he can't, you know, we can't just be Chris Evans again. Obviously you can with, with, you know, plot convenience. But when I think when you start really replacing the actors, and if you're supposed to be like, oh, it's the same character from these movies, maybe that might be another turning point. Because I feel like one example for for that, Power Rangers. You know, like Power Rangers, like it was always a new actor playing the Red Ranger, the you know, the red, pink. They always had different colors. Yeah, they had a different theme to them. It was always like someone new. So, so for you to check out easily, you can be like, okay, well, I really liked, you know, that that one setup, but I'm not really feeling this next, you know, concept that they have. And that could be your way to clock out. Maybe more people might have that with like, oh, they replaced, you know, Captain America. It's a new actor. Okay, maybe I'm not going to, maybe I'll pass. I'm done. I'm yeah, done I, I can see that. I don't think they're going to go that route right now because I feel like they still oh, they have a, yeah. I feel like they still have a chronological order. Like there's right now, they still have, so they're like the eight team members, right? We're like the original six. Yeah. Then we have like the B team members, which like you know and not as far as like powers and stuff but people who was introduced next so you have like you know falcon black panther captain Mm -hmm. marvel you know vision these characters came you know bucky these characters came in like after phase one right so now these characters are getting their own like they're number one now so now they're the a so they could be you know we're getting hints about them setting up the young avengers i don't know really know too much about young avengers so i want to like read up and study on those um but i think we can give them time where like when these b like characters go the c characters can be the young avengers you know what i mean so at that point we're at a whole different point in time we're at a whole different thing you don't really have to watch iron man you could know that you know iron man used to be once upon a time a part of it like you know with uh iron heart you know that character they could mirror after this is you know she got inspired by tony stark and his sacrifice or whatever you know maybe she partnered with shiri and now she has her own like whatever type thing but they're their own thing it has nothing to really do with iron man but you know like okay it's, it's connected but i don't really have to go back and watch iron man one like i can really just start watching this you know to go with that you know what i mean so i can i hope that's how they go and because even with that you still have years of storytelling you can do with all these different characters yeah you don't have to go back and say all right we're about to bring in another captain america but with a different person it's just like yeah i mean i like chris evans but i don't know if i can really mess with this other dude but, but the and the, but the thing would be and and this is just i wonder if disney at some point is going to be like bring them back is you're advertising 
them in the theme parks and merchandise, mm-hmm. you know? So like you can't have a, a, a story with Spider-Man where Spider-Man goes away because you're still selling Spider-Man merchandise. And we're about to have a Spider-Man ride. Right, exactly. In Disneyland. So, and the, so I feel like it's, it's, I feel like, Kev, I hope Kevin Feige in the grand scheme of all this does have some idea to wrap it up for himself. I don't know when he plans to retire, but I hope he has an actual end point where he's done. Like he's, he's done hit, he, he put all out his stories that he wanted to do. And at that point, studio can do whatever you want. Cause I just, I, I really have a tough time seeing it keeps going down like the list. Like, you know, like right now it's perfectly fine. And I think it probably can do that for another 10 years. But I feel like at some point, there's going to be a, we're doing another Captain America movie. And that's when you start getting into the, the, the kind of comparisons to the first Captain America to all that. I just don't know if you can go too, too far where you're just like, let's just say it's 2050 and Captain right. America hasn't been seen since 2019's Avengers Endgame. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I think I think a generation has to go by because um, one thing is there's so many stories that you can tell with yeah. characters and we find ourselves like even in other types of brands where it's like, why do we keep doing a Terminator movie? Why is there another Halloween movie? Why is there like we just saw this? We just saw that. And it's like it's brand recognition, right? So like the general audience will be like, oh, Oh, I know Terminator. I'll go see it, whether it's good or not. You know what I mean? And not to say like Terminator is good or bad, just use it as an example. But like, right. I I know that I know that genre. I know Iron Man, so I'm gonna go see it just because it's Iron Man. You know what I mean? So I think introducing a new character like Ironheart, which Ironheart in the comics apparently was didn't really sell too much for other people who was reading the comics. That's that's like some of the stuff that I and was. That's, and that's the thing, though. It's when you start giving a different interpretation of like, oh, this is like Iron Man, but this time it's it's a she, or this time, you know, it's this other character, or it's, you know, someone else. You start being selective. You start saying, nah, I, I like Tony Stark Iron Man. I don't really care about this, right. this replacement. So like, like, I think the biggest one is like Miles Morales. Mm. Like he's an amazing Spider-Man. He is awesome. Kind of one-ups Peter Parker with the powers that he has, mm. but yet you have people That'll be like, no, Peter Parker is my Spider-Man. Like, he's cool, but I want to see more Peter Parker. Exactly. And it's, and it's like, well, I can't, I can't, I, I want to give you Miles Morales because that's where we're at in the in the timeline. But it's gonna be very interesting at when that when that starts to cross. Because right, right now, everything's first time for Marvel. Yeah, I think I think one thing, um, and we can we can wrap up soon. I think that um, one thing that can they've really done really well is bring characters from comics that has trans that can translate to the movies or tv shows differently so like for example like thor i don't know if thor really worked like that in the comics you know captain america you know and even iron man as big as iron man is in pop culture today iron man wasn't a huge character in the comics like he was there right you know but he wasn't like spider-man he wasn't x-man he wasn't you know the hulk you know, he wasn't, you know, Jean Grey or something. He wasn't those people, but they made Iron Man work. So like with uh, Ironheart, like one thing that I, you know, like I said, Marvel, if you're, if you're listening, Marvel, like <laughs> I feel like, especially with everything that's happening, you know, like with like social injustice 
in, like you know in the country you know with black lives matter and stuff like that they can really do you know this girl grew up she can be in oakland she can be you know the same they can still tie it to like you know like wakanda in a sense she could be from that city right. because remember at the end of black panther you know t'challa said we're going to set up camp all over the world and we're going to have this and put shiri in charge so what if shiri is like a project manager at this, you know, reach uh, outreach facility in Oakland, and you know, was it is a is a Riri? What's what's her name? Riri Williams. Yeah, Riri Williams just goes there because she, you know, she's from the projects, but she's very smart, and right. you know what I mean. And she, she, she's really good, like with mechanics and stuff like that. And she becomes friends with Sherry, and like you know what, maybe we could do like whatever, blah blah blah. blah. But she has a passion, and she wants to save her city, so she develops her own type of suit. You know what I mean? That just yeah. because she's a mechanic and well, we have access to vibranium, we have access, like you know, and Iron Man did it, so we can just reach out to Stark Industries and get some stuff like that. And that's how she becomes Ironheart. Where it's I feel like with that, and especially if they play with the themes of what we're going through right now in the world, they can really make that character work. Where it didn't work like that in the comics, but in real life, in the in these movies and TV shows, it can make it work. So yeah. I think that it won't be a comparison. Like, you know, Tony Stark was great, but I really, really love Riri Williams because I can relate to her. Like I can, I can see where she's coming from. And especially yeah. with like the younger generation now, they're so, you know, active and they want to, you know, speak out against injustice and they want to, you know, protest and they want to do all that good stuff. I feel like they can do something like that. That'll be super dope. So with a lot of with all these like younger or like um, newer Avengers or young Avengers that's coming out, I feel like the task is give us stories that we can relate to that may not have worked in the comics or maybe a little bit different, but it has the same fabric or same origin, but they can really push it and we can ride that for the next the five, 10 years. So I think that can work. Um, I can see that being a thing. And I think that's how we can continue, like with Kevin Feige in office. He can give us another 15, 20 years. And then maybe after 30 years, like, all right, I did Marvel for 30 years and I'm done. <laughs> so if y'all want to go ahead and restart with Iron Man, because at this point, it'll be another generation at that point with people I've never seen Iron Man. I've never seen, you know, the first Avengers movie. So right. I can go ahead and put another Iron Man movie and it won't be bad. Yeah, and no, definitely, there's definitely potential for amazing storytelling with these characters. Um, I think, I think all those things are are like things that I I hope for, right? We we all hope that we get introduced to these characters, and someone just knows the right story to tell with the characters, and it clicks, right? Uh, for sure, absolutely. But I, the the thing that always got comics um, was that because they keep using the same characters. They come up with a a different interpretation or they introduce mm -hmm. a new character for example i think just like what comes from the top of the head was batman as you know you have batman with one robin right that's how it started off with and now he's with like the fifth robin but it's his son so now you're kind of like well i do want to tell batman again but i want this robin so it's it, it kind of gets complicated and that's the thing that maybe the movies and shows don't try to do maybe they don't try to be like oh, this new character that ties into Iron Man's origin. So let's bring back Iron Man and let's kind of redo all that. So I hope, yeah, I hope they don't, I hope they don't do that. But that's what I'm saying. If Kevin Feige has a definitive 
end to this universe, then you can have those windows for like, okay, this is Iron Man, but here's a twist, or here's a new character that we didn't see in the MCU when he first started out or something like that. So right. yeah, it definitely, it definitely can be told, but yeah, the deeper you go in that, that hole, the tougher it is to try to be like, wait, let's go back. Wait, this is, this is Iron Man, but <laughs> 20 years ago, you, we did the first one. So yeah, we have to, we gotta, I don't know which one I like better. No, I feel you. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited though. I think, you know, like I said, I, I did overall love the, the season of WandaVision. I'm excited to see Absolutely. what happens with, you know, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I'm excited to see that character Wanda, you know, moving forward. Her costume was everything. I was here for it. Um, I, I love <laughs> like her, her, her final like costume yeah. and everything. Um, I hope they keep uh, Agnes around. Um, I think that was done on purpose where she was like, you may need me. She's like, I know where you are. I I think that's a, a waste that they just throw that character away. We don't ever see her again. Um, but yeah, so for the listeners out there, um, if you've watched it, you know, let me know if you like it. You know, you'll have an opportunity. You can send me emails. You can send me personal messages. I want to read them. Uh, we can talk about WandaVision moving forward um, and like future podcasts as well. But um, I want to say thank you again, Oscar, for coming on this show with me, uh, talking about it. He will be on another episode coming soon. He's already committed to it, so you can't say no now. <laughs> um, but uh, it will be on a future episode. I won't say what it is yet, um, but he will be on another episode. And um, thank you again for joining me, Oscar. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a fun time. Thank you all so much for checking out the Movie Bugle podcast. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to my podcast as well as my Instagram page at the Movie Bugle for the latest episodes and news regarding the show. And I'll see you all back here every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Until next time, I'll see you guys soon.